0: Welcome to the Working Hands Podcast. I'm your host, Tony of Woodland Iron, joined by Keith of Blackthorn Concepts and Chad of Chad's Custom Creations.
1: Hi. What's up? How's it going, guys? Do anything fun this weekend? Yeah, I did. You? Me? No, let's not talk about me. Keith, what'd you do on your weekend?
2: I went down to the uh, the Race of Gentlemen on Friday and
1: Saturday. Is this That's- like the old gladiators where they compete against one another, take off all their clothes and... So it's the most macho?
2: No, no, no. It's the race. It's a uh, vintage hot rods and motorcycles racing on the beach in the surf. It's pretty wild. It's a good that time.
1: Actually, sounds pretty interesting. You said motorcycles on the
2: beach. Motorcycles, yeah, the old jockey shift motorcycles. So I think the year is anything pre. It's I think up to nineteen forty six. Anything after that is not jockey shift, so that can't be. So it's like Indians and Harleys essentially. So
1: and then chalky chalky shift does that mean not on the handlebars? Uh, yeah, it's um, the foot, not the foot.
2: It's not a foot. You do it with your hand. That's really cool.
0: Um, is that what they sometimes call suicide shift as well?
2: I think so. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you got to remember, you're in Jersey sand. It's pretty soft, and you're trying to go like you're trying to race in a drag strip, and then you got to pull your hand off the handlebars (laughs) to shift. It's (laughs) pretty crazy. Yeah. That eighth mile or quarter. It's some random, it's arbitrary, it's not timed or anything, um, okay. I forget what the distance is now, but and then the hot rods are I think the cutoff is like the thirties um I don't know what the cutoff is for the actual cars themselves, but the parts all have to be pre fifty six so it's all traditional. everything's traditional, like all the racers have to dress in traditional garb like from back in the day. it's pretty wild. It's a cool event they' going on for like twelve years, so. Haven't missed one yet. So
0: So no turbos, no nitrous, no power No, some of
2: them have superchargers (laughs) because they had superchargers back then on the old flatheads. So they do have that stuff. I didn't know that. But, I mean, they're not even allowed to run alternators. You know, it's got to be a generator. Like, everything is – I mean, there are guys that run alternators and they put a little cover on it. But,
1: you know, um, it's it's pretty wild. Um, So it's a good time. Are you guys following along with – is it Chris at Full Steam Designs? Oh, yeah. I talk to him every day about his he, thing. Yeah. he like got this hot rod frame, and hes it looks like he's going to remake the body completely well, he's out doing, of wood. Or he's, what's doing, he doing?
2: he's doing a, a boat tail racer. So uh, these cars, like if you look up the race of gentlemen, there's a bunch of boat tail racers there. But generally, they were st- steel fabricated. But the back of it looks like an upside down boat. So it's called a boat tail. So, it comes down. It was like the early form of aerodynamics. So, it would come down to a point, right? It's a popular race car or like modification for race cars back in the day. So, what Chris at uh, Full Steam is doing is he's making his like a canoe. So, it's all going to be wood strips. Oh, awesome. <laughs> he's doing it for that uh, Rockler hobby challenge. And he's doing a. If you're following along, it's going to be awesome. So, he did not yeah, have the good. car- He didn't even have the car before he decided he was going to do it. We were going back and forth one day and he's like, you know what? I think I'm going to do it. I was like, go for it, man. It'd be cool. And, uh, he wound up buying a car, had it dropped off. And now he's, he's moving. He's making some great progress on it. So,
1: yeah, I think he, he always lives up to his name, full steam design. Like he is pumping out work consistently and constantly Oh, if and videos uh, on t- It's not just the... W- he's pumping out videos for him, and
2: he's crazy, that guy. I, I, um,
1: I, I don't know how he does what he does. Yeah, so if any of our listeners are not following him on Instagram or YouTube, go go check him out. It's Chris at Full Steam Designs. And he's not just cars. He's got plenty of other cool stuff. But right now, he's working on a car, so... And that challenge is being put on by the Modern Maker Podcast, and I listen to them as well. I was thinking to myself, what hobby could I do? What could I create? And then I saw Chris with this car and I see where he's going and I'm like, okay, I give up. <laughs> That's how I feel. <laughs> not going to win that challenge. <laughs> yeah, I throw in the towel
2: on that one. Well, I was on vacation when they announced it and he texted me and he's like, did you, did did you listen to the podcast? Did you hear the new thing? And I'm like, no, because we talk hot rods a lot, you know? And I'm like, no, I, I haven't heard it. And he's like, well, I have a, an idea. So go listen to it. So I listened <laughs> to it. And, <laughs> I text him back or I got him on Clubhouse or something and he's like, "Yeah, so I think I think I think I'm going to do the bow tail. I think I'm going to do the boat tail. Sure enough, no joke, like 2 days later he had the bow tail at the house or he had the car at the house and he's building this thing. You are crazy, man. Wow. But cool. I mean, he's built a few hot rods in his day. He knows what he's doing, so. <sighs> yeah.
1: What you guys know. do this
2: weekend? Anything else?
1: Uh, I did a lot of grading the shed site. Did it you dig just- out Oh, I dug out. I think I actually dug out a little bit too much at the top side. So I need to add a little bit more dirt up there because it rained a lot today. So I saw a little puddle. I was like, "Oh, we don't want puddles. So I I need to go adjust it a little bit. But yeah, three and a half inches all the way around. And it's 23 feet long, 16 foot deep. It's going to take about seven tons of gravel to fill in. And my gravel guy is coming tomorrow morning and uh, he drives a dump truck. He got me a good deal. He said he could do 18 tons, but I told him just to do 10 because I want to do a little driveway on the side for the trailer or for the truck if I want to park close to it. And I'm happy with the price. I think it's fair. 450 delivered. I'm, I think that's good for gravel. I don't know. I think I could maybe get it cheaper if I went and filled my truck up a hundred times. But there's time and gas on that.
0: Yeah, yeah your not- own time is not worth it. So, yeah, I like the dump cheaper. truck.
1: seems like a drop in the bucket compared to driving back and
2: forth a hundred times.
1: It is. So that's where that stands. We'll see how that comes out. And uh, I got called by the shed company. Apparently my shed is ready and they wanted to deliver it while I would be gone at the maker's camp, which we should be there right now at the time of this recording. So I told them to reschedule it for the week after. So after Columbus Day. That shed should be rolling down the street and beating, being set on my nice gravel pad. <laughs> That's good. You excited? Yeah, I'm excited. I'm like, I, so I I'm know you're putting
2: in the gravel pad, but are you still going to dig out for the, what did you call them last time? With French little,
1: drain? No. The piers that it's going to go on. Oh, the shed on piers? I don't think so. From my research, I heard it's best to place it directly on the gravel so you have support on the skids all the way through so that over time it doesn't shift or sink. I don't know. It's what all the big shed companies say. They say the best way to put your shed down is a nice gravel pad, nothing else.
2: Which you found out after I
1: told you. Yeah. I mean, I would have just had it on blocks and it would have looked pretty bad. It would have looked, uh, well, can I say white trash still in 2021? I don't think think so, so. but okay. Okay. It would have looked pretty (laughs) redneck then. (laughs) Uh, you know, up on the blocks like that. I think now that the ground is level, it's going to look great. I think it's, if I did leave it, I think it would add value to the house if I did sell. I, you're not going to take it with you. It's not going to be worth taking it with me. It's coming. Man,
0: that'd be a lot of work to take it with you.
2: It's not braced. It's not braced to move with weight in it. Keith. 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 Okay. <laughs> okay. They can move <laughs> anything. Have you seen what they
1: move on the roads these days? Yeah. And they empty the house before they move. it. <sighs> All right, I'll talk to the guy, if that does come to that, because he's a professional. I'll say, can you move one that has a full workshop inside of it and all my lumber and everything else I can cram in there and all of our furniture and everything else? If he says no, I'll say, well, crap, I'm going to buy one of those pods and fill that up. Yeah, it's not worth, it's not
2: worth even pretending like you're going to move it. Yeah, mm.
0: you ask any mover that question, he's going to tell you no.
2: You're not moving a house, you're moving a shed, $2,500 shed. It's not a $2,500 shed. It's almost $7,000. You're moving a $7,000 shed. It's <laughs> going to
1: cost you ten grand to move it if you fill it. Okay. Well, if that's the case, it's definitely staying. And I will, you know, honestly, I would probably make the second shed if I did get a second shed. I really want this first one just moving, to kind of see how they make it, honestly. But,
2: but not to mention, if you're moving, you're probably going to look for a spot with a, a shop in it or a spot to build a big shop. You're not going to want that shed. If you're moving, you're not going to want that shed. Your next yeah. shop, you're going to outgrow the shed in about 15 minutes after you load your <laughs> equipment in there.
1: I'll say that.
2: And you're going to hate it. And then you're going to be like, well, the next time we move, we're getting a bigger shop because I, I, I this thing's too small. I don't mean, you know, actual 15 minutes, but it's going to feel like it. Like you're going to outgrow whatever shop you have, is what I'm getting at. Yeah. So when you move, you're not going to want that little shed, is how you're going to look at it. Like right now, you're going to have all this room. But when you go to move, you're like, I don't want that little shed. That house <laughs> has got to. 30,000 square foot barn, let's buy that.
1: Well, I like the sound of that. I hope that is the case. <laughs> With the market the way it is, I don't know. I think, yeah, I'll have to take whatever I can get if we do move. You get what I'm saying, though. I'm Yeah, not- I know, I know. I think you're right. I'm sure we'll look back on this episode and be like, you remember that time you said my shed was not going to be all it was out to be? I'd be like, yeah.
2: You were right. Yeah, you were right. <laughs> what about you, Tony? What did you do this weekend?
0: Uh... Well I was working most of the weekend but uh, I had a busy since the last time I recorded I got out in the forge quite a bit so got some fire pokers made get some got my uh, uh, maker swap done so I just have some finishing to do on it sitting in a in a tub of vinegar right now getting all the scale and stuff off it and then I'll put the final little
1: oil to it and we'll be good to go nice very good. Have you said what you have made for the maker swap or is it a secret until anyone shows up? Oh, no, I'm,
0: I'm not keeping it a secret. I just, I made, uh, I made one of my burger presses and a bottle opener. Oh, so, sweet. Beers and burgers. Beers and burgers as I called it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's a good combo. That is good. So
0: no, that's, uh, yeah, I actually delivered one of the, I made a fire poker. I just delivered one of them tonight to one of the boys. So, and then. Got another job out of that one, so I gotta send him a few send him a few pictures so he can show a buddy and then uh I'll have another fire poker to do. So it's adding non- up. It's nice.
1: Non stop. Have you found the Damascus billet by any chance? That you got at 2019 Makers Camp?
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, I got that here. All right. I even oh. have a, I have a second one that he gave that he gave out that's out in my forge that was like a cutoff. What? Yeah, I've been trying to forge that, but it's just—I don't know—it's—it's it's a big piece, so it's taken a lot for for me to do it, hand hammering. So
1: wow, oh, yeah. I really missed out leaving early last last Maker's Camp. I left early Sunday, probably like lunchtime, and I think it was that day or that night. Yeah, well, it was Sunday night, I think. <sighs> they did all the giveaways, and I start seeing all my friends with all kinds of cool things. I missed yeah, that out. was
0: that was the night where they did the spike and and craig did the uh the damascus demonstration
2: that we was, did the- that
1: was pretty cool you missed all that chad oh yeah i left early sunday it's a long drive home but we have uh we have a long weekend this time so we'll see maybe i can stay a little bit longer this year I'm talking to myself right now if you're listening chad see if you can stay a little longer <laughs> <laughs> as i listen to this episode on saturday checking my edits yeah keith yes I know you were going to see a demonstration on the Q series by Stepcraft.
2: Oh, yeah. So, let's go into the CNC saga of
1: mine. Yes, I want to hear about <laughs> this. Ever
2: going CNC saga.
1: Last week, you told us that there was an estimated time for how quickly uh, he could batch out your thing. It crushed it. crushed it. Did it? it. So Did it really? You didn't give us a time. It was. You kept it I'm not going to give you a time. But you can give us the comparison between your machine and the, in the Q series
2: it's fat. it's it's not even uh it's not even in the same ballpark i mean it's like it's like if you need to uh if you need to ride a bike across the state or if you need to get in a, i don't know a ferrari to get across the state it's that it's that different it's uh it's not even worth like i bought i d- i don't even know why this company makes the version i bought Ooh,
1: it's, it's that, that much of a difference really yeah what are we talking price difference though? What are we looking at there? Oh, 10 times. Okay. Hundred 10 times, times speed. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Well, at least it, at least it follows we're, that. We're talking like, I
2: wouldn't buy So to give you an idea, I went to veteran Woodco. Uh, he's got the big Q series. He's got the 408. So it's a four foot by eight foot CNC bed. What I have now is only two by three, but in the Q series, they make a two by four. So it's a 204, which is probably the one I would buy. And that is, uh, I think it's in the, in the teens, like 17, 16,000. Okay. But then you can outfit it. you so you can easily spend 20 grand on them. Um, but it's just, it, it, I mean, it's not even a comparison. Like what I bought is I might as well bought, you know, build your own kit and just paste all my parts together compared to what this thing does. So, uh, the cool thing was he taught me a lot. Like he Like, I went there to learn a little bit about how, like, his workflow and stuff, which was different than mine. Um, The big thing is, he doesn't use Fusion, and I don't think I should use Fusion. Like, I didn't like the tool pathing that Fusion allowed me to do Mm -hmm. versus how he does his tool pathing uh, in Vectric or whatever he used. I don't know. So, that was one thing. Um, The machine itself was just ridiculous. He's got one of them vacuum bed things. Oh, so no clamps,
1: <laughs> no nothing. No clamps, just slugs nothing. Slugs right down. No tabs either, right? Nothing, nothing. Oh. And when I say tabs for our listener, tabs are like little pieces of wood or material that you have all the way throughout your cut lines to kind of keep your material in place. So after the machining's done, you have to take it off and then cut all those tabs off by hand or with a router or so. With a vacuum bed, you don't have to do any of those tabs. It's like you're cutting out with a laser, basically, right? Pretty much, yeah. Wow, his setup is just. It, it, it look like,
2: I don't know if any of you follow him on, uh, online or even have seen him, but it's all clean and perfect and pristine. And that's exactly what it is when you get there. Is I mean, it really? <laughs> it's clean, perfect, and pristine. I don't know how this what? guy does it. It's, so there's not like a corner where everything's just piled up? No, nothing. <laughs> perfect. Everything is perfect. Everything has a place and everything's in its place.
1: Perfect. Does he have military background? Yeah,
2: he's Veteran Woodco, he's a Marine.
1: Oh, duh. Okay. <laughs> well, that might have something to do with how well he is organized, how spick and span it is, you know? Yeah. That's pretty neat. Very cool guy.
2: Very, uh, anything I wanted to ask him, he answer. Like there was no, it was very cool. Good guy. So yeah. So now I'm in the market. for a <laughs> Oh no, man. I don't know how I'm going to be able to afford it or pay it off. But, uh, after seeing it, I don't want anything else. I can imagine. I can only
1: imagine. Man. Man. It's so it, ridiculous,
2: this machine.
1: I'm a little curious about his setup. Uh, you, you said he kind of showed you around. What does he do for finishing? Or does he using materials that doesn't don't need to be painted? Like oh, he where's, paints where's, everything. where's his spray booth and stuff? Where's all that? Right there. So he sprays next to his machine? Or does he have a booth that comes down?
2: I didn't see a booth. He sprays right oh, there. He's he got doing? a little area outside. Like, like we were working on my thing. And he's like, oh, you want to put some primer on it while you're here? Because we were cutting out another piece. I'm like, sure. So, we go out back and he's just got two horses set up out back and he primered it for me.
1: Okay. So, he does does it outside. Is he, he working in like he a, has ger-
2: a- He has a shed out back. He said that uh, he's- I don't want to give up all his stuff.
1: I'm sorry. Probably- I'm curious because I want to further my <laughs> business. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you might want to start by buying a Q machine. That thing's ridiculous.
1: Uh, I'll, I'll buy yours when you put yours up for sale. <laughs> dude it, it's unreal
2: but this guy's got everything down pat down to a science he knows what he's doing So oh, that's cool like i'm not in it for the business like he like that's all he does for a living like you chad uh to me this is a hobby so like to have all that is i mean i would love to do it but i don't see it happening
0: yeah it's a big that's a big step that's, that's a big uh big investment
1: yeah money speaks though i mean i think that's kind of how i fell into it once the money started coming in and I realized I could get a little bit of freedom away from my job job, I just, I don't know, as as far as like the tedious part of running a business or like making things for other people, it all makes it worth it just to be myself, be my, my own boss.
2: Yeah, but then there's the part where... You have the, these customers, like, I, I don't have any like that, but, you know, like the Etsy customers, oh, it's not what I want, it's not what I ordered. it's exactly what you ordered. What are you talking about? You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, I don't think I have the personality to deal with that. I would tell them off on the phone. Like, Yes, it, you would. <laughs> like, this is what it is. It, it's It two foot by two foot, and it's going to be green, and it, it's going to be in the shape of an L. And I said it to them, and they're like, I wanted an X. Well, that's not what you bought, you know. I'm not going to deal with that. I don't know how you guys. But it's do the it.
0: wrong shade of green.
1: Oh, or that. Yeah. My- <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, you you bring up a good point. It is. It's there are issues that like that that can come up, especially working with people over lo- online. Um, but over the years, I've learned just over communicate. Show as many examples as you can, even be- even before I ship it off. I make sure I've got like a scripted out kind of contract almost that says, "Hey, here's your piece." take a good look at it. If you see anything you want changed, let me know now before I box it up. If everything looks good, give me the thumbs up. Let me know. Um, and I'll also take pictures like if the saturation's not right outside, I'll bring like a white piece of paper out so I can get my camera to like focused to show them the actual tone of their paint. If they have picked out a paint and I'll just say, Hey, here's a comparison of white compared to what you have. And just over communicating just keeps from having issues with, with my clientele. And no, I mean, there's moments where I want to blow up on people, but I'll read their response. I'll write out something, and I won't send it. <laughs> I'll come back ten minutes later, and then I'll write up the professional response that keeps the good reviews coming in. So, yeah, you're right. You got to have the right personality for it, but there's also things that you can do to kind of um, negate. I think issues if that I did do, up. I think if I did do something like that, I wouldn't do any custom. Yeah. I think that would be smart. That would take a lot of stress off of me if I did just batch out things and sell them. The custom part is what is what
2: gets – I would just have to make product
0: and Yeah, see, for me, I, I like the custom. I would rather do the custom mm-hmm. for, for what I do anyways.
1: Would you like people telling you exactly what you, they want you to make though? Well, that's the thing.
0: Right now, I'm doing pretty good with it because most of it's like – they're like, I want you to make X. And not an L, not an L, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just, they want like the fire poker. One of the guy, the one I delivered tonight was buddies. Like I want, I want a twist in it. He didn't care what twist. He didn't care. He didn't ask for anything specific, but I had some fun with it and, uh, put a couple of twists in it and, and he was, he was happier than I expected. He was very, very happy with it. So, um, that was good.
1: That's a good feeling when when they're uh very joyous once they receive your item like that. It makes you feel good about yourself for sure. But you but you're also doing um
2: local.
0: Yeah, everything for me is local right now. Like I'm I really that I guess if I were to do something like Etsy, I would start to do a little bit more production style stuff like uh like the bottle openers that I do and stuff like that. Probably do some some hooks and stuff like that for like coat hooks and stuff like that. Just it's basic stuff, but it's, it's fun. And it would keep me out in the shop. And that's kind of what, what I'm getting at,
1: why I'm doing it. While we're on the topic of Etsy, not to scare you away from it, Tony or Keith, but you all remember the wedding venue sign that I made, that I made two signs because the first one broke. It's all good. Don't tell
0: me the second one broke.
1: Oh, it's all good. The second sign's perfect. The client's happy. They're over the moon with my customer service. um, I got a bill from my shipping company. I'm not going to use the name of the third-party shipping company that I used to get my postage for UPS because uh, they're maybe going to make this right. We're, we're in the works right now. It originally was $90 to ship it over there, and this was the second one, so I've spent $180 shipping things over. They sent me a bill, and they already charged it to my card for $170 extra dollars overcharge on that second package that I shipped out. Because they are saying that instead of five inches deep, that box was six inches deep. And I made that crate specifically to be five inches, but I have no evidence of it. I didn't take a picture of it. So what I'm doing is you can dispute it on UPS, but since it's it, I didn't buy the label from UPS, the third-party company has to deal with it. So they told me they need evidence of the package. They need pictures. They need to see the actual depth of the crate. Well, I've messaged this poor girl that has probably, she's probably tired of hearing from me at this point. I said, I am so sorry that you're hearing from me again. Do you still have the crate by any chance? It's not a problem if you threw it away or burned it at this point. I, I, I would have. She said she still has it and she's going to be happy to take a picture of the depth. So... That's you lucked that is, out right? on oh. that one. No, that's yeah. lucky. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what I mean about selling online, all that sh- extra added stress with all that stuff. <sighs> I don't know, man, but that makes me so mad. Like, I've had little overages from time to time, like $2 here, $3 here. That doesn't bother me, but an extra $170 for one inch. Yeah, but I, I heard, like, uh, it may have even been you telling me
2: that there's, like, different sizes. So it's less about the yeah. weight and more about the size. So, like, once you get... Over a size, you might as well just make it twice as big because the price doesn't change. And then you can put more packing around it. So there's like different ways you need to like figure it out. But if you have to be like at at that six inch mark, if you had to be at that, you could go up to like 12 inches and it's still all in the same price bracket. Is that true
1: or no? No, that's, that's absolutely true. And that's why I made it exactly five inches because that was as big as I could go without jumping up to that next bracket. Cause I wanted as much padding around that sign as possible, but I would have not done it had I known they would charge me that much. So I'm going to fight it because I mean, I'm mad at UPS. They broke my first package. Now they're going to overcharge me. I tried to go remove my credit card from the company, but they had already charged it. So it was too late. It was just like, I'm not going to use your company ever again. Anyways, <laughs> I'm done with you. No, it's pending still, but yeah. So man, that sign, it's still hunting me. I'm ready to move on from it. That's rough. Yeah, that is. It is. So let that scare you a little bit from Etsy. Big packages are no fun. It really isn't. Yeah. yeah
0: my, my intent is like, if I'm going to ship anything, it's going to be smalls. like if, cause I mean, if I get into bigger, like that, that, uh, plant hanger I was talking about, like, that's not, that's not something you ship. Like that's something that's, you load on the back of a half ton and you put, you take it to where they're, take it to the customer. It's not a, it's not a UPS move. It's not.
2: Like for me, for my plan, when I bought my CNC, and hopefully I can either make it work or if I buy the new one, I have these things I want to make and I want to sell locally, Like, but I want to drop them off at a store and just let people buy them. You know what, I mean? what would you call that? Stocking a store with items? I yeah, guess. or like consignment. Consignment sales, right? or consignment wholesaling. Type. Yeah, that's what I want to do. And I have an idea for it. I got to make them, but I haven't gotten there yet. But that was my plan. I don't want to have to deal with like – actually dealing with the customer like you Chad and oh can you put this on there can you put that on there no I want this and then you start cutting it and they you get an email and
1: oh like, god I hate that that yeah. I catch you in
2: time like
1: <laughs> No you didn't catch me in time but I'm not gonna tell you that
0: <laughs> yeah there's a local gallery oh. that a buddy of mine that's a wood turner has got bowls and like coffee scoops and that kind of stuff in that he's he's quite happy with the results. Because oh, essentially I'm- he doesn't have to do any marketing he just has the items in the in the shop, and they she sends them money when they sell.
1: That's what I would want. That's cool, yeah. cool item. That's actually something I need right now is a coffee scoop. They're pretty popular. I I, bet.
2: Have, <laughs> I have one one time, and I made it, and I was going to make it. I bought a blank, and I bought coffee scoop last year actually, and I never did. I I made the scoop for it, and like the I turned the handle. bought like this epoxy thing at one of those stores. You buy that stuff at, and the thing exploded on me. What? <laughs> I was like, yeah. The, what
1: part exploded?
2: The Between the epoxy, it was one of these, like um, it was like a maple burl, but it mm-hmm. was like hollowed out. And they had like areas of green epoxy, you know, me and green. And it had the uh, green epoxy. I was like, oh, I want that. And then I bought the coffee scoop thing. And it didn't ruin the coffee scoop. It was still on the lathe at the time, but it broke right at the, um, where the epoxy met the, the wood. Like it just never adhered. Oh.
1: But I was on the lathe
2: turning it. You know, I turned it fine, and I go to part the end off, like to finish it. I go to part the end, and then all of a sudden, the end never parted off because the thing just exploded. So I had half of it spinning, the other half went flying across the room. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I man. found it like I found it like twenty minutes later, and I'm like, "This is." It was such a clean break, but when I looked at the one piece, I just had the wood part. I'm like, I don't know if I broke the wood on it or not, but nope, I didn't break nothing. It was just such a clean break. I never glued it back
1: together because I'm never going to get it round again. So, I still have the coffee scoop I got to turn a handle for. I just heard Brian House on the Work For It podcast talking about some knife handles that he had bought that were supposed to be completely – you guys got to help me out with the term here – where they put the cactus juice into the –
0: Stabilized.
1: Yeah, where they were supposed to be fully stabilized. But he said what he had bought was only stabilized like the first eighth inch of the wood. I'm wondering if that maple burl that you had wasn't stabilized all the way. And that's maybe why it blew up on you? Oh, I have no idea. That's beyond hmm. me. I don't do the epoxy stuff. I don't know. That's interesting.
2: I mean, that's I'm not ten. against
1: it, but I don't do it. So, Well, I wish your scoop would have worked out because I need one. I could have bought it from you. Speaking I'm, I'm of, using a tablespoon right now. It's not working. Speaking of make, I I need it for myself.
2: It's going to be mine. I,
1: I <laughs> still have the scoop. I just
2: have to turn another handle.
1: Yeah, bring it to the camp. I hope you have it right now with you. Uh, maybe I should. Wood. Yeah. We'll just carve it up. Oh, I got plenty knife. of wood here. I just haven't done it. You need time. You need some free time. There's a
0: lot of people doing them out of copper, too. I've I seen mean, quite a few cool. like that.
2: Yeah.
1: The uh, Speaking of making stuff like that, what do you make up for your swap? Ah, uh, I think I hinted at it last week. Uh, I'm doing a marking knife, and I actually had a few minutes this morning to work on it. I actually got caught up. I needed to go pick up the kids from school. Um, and I was almost late to get them because I was at the computer designing the handle for... marking knife and um i'm just kind of playing around on inkscape looking at some different patterns that i could do for the wooden part what are you gonna laser it i don't know i'm jumping in between either doing laser or just doing like letting the wood speak for itself
0: why are you Uh, not forging it uh (laughs) come on knife guy
1: because this is my first mark gonna give me
0: crap every every week
1: Yeah, I'm I'm going to come clean here. I bought the knife. It was pre-made. So uh, the (laughs) the metal part's all made. It's perfect. But I wanted to see one. I wanted to see the angles and and the size and everything before I attempt to cut one out of a table saw blade or something like that. Um, But now I've got like six designs on my computer right now. And I probably will make some more and just keep playing around until I find one that I like. I feel like I've gone so far that one's just too intricate, but it would be perfect for the laser because... The laser's kerf is so thin, I could literally have it come down, cut any pattern I want, and then remove that negative space with like, like let's say a walnut, like a dark wood. And then I could put in another sheet, cut the same exact thing, and then all those negative spaces could be filled into the positive spaces on the first cut. So I'd have like perfect inlays if I did something like that. So I'm excited. It was kind of fun to take a break from client projects and make something for the hashtag maker camp maker swap. Is that right?
2: That, it, that is right. Cool.
1: And I'm trying to do a little video of it too. So maybe I can post that before we leave for the trip as well.
2: Yeah. Uh, Time top. will tell. I've been working on my yeah. uh, stone carving.
1: Ooh. Are we getting to the base? Is there wood included?
2: The, no, I was going to do that today. And then uh, our friend Jason called me and I got sidetracked. <laughs> uh so, I haven't made the base yet. I don't know if I'm going to have time between now and then. Just so everyone's aware, we're recording on Monday. But, um, yeah, I don't know. But the carving's all done, which I, I, I finished the carving of. And then I sealed the stone, so that's good.
1: Oh, how does it look with the sealant on there? Did it
2: pop? The same. It didn't pop as much as I thought. Oh, really? Yeah. So,
1: so eh. imagine you were hitting it with water while you were sanding on it. Did it oh, yeah. look any different with water compared to the sealant? It looked
2: no i mean when you're sanding it it has a dull finish to it and this okay. uh when you use them with the water you you get to see the dull finish go away mm-hmm. but i thought when i put the sealant on there'd be a little bit of like like almost when you put oil on wood there a little bit of pop Yeah, no pop just really just kind of glossed mm. over so huh yeah
1: but do you do you think monocoat would have done any different no okay no all right well that's good to know i guess
2: <laughs> but I finished my carving, and I did it all with, with our our latest sponsor, which would be Sabretooth Tools. I use their burrs. Uh, if you want, you can get ten percent off using WH for Working Hands as a discount code. That help us out. Go there, check out their tools, buy something.
1: They're an awesome company and they make great tools. You've used their tools in the past uh, on a, the competition you did with the awesome orange. Is that right? Yeah, that was
2: done through Sabretooth Tools, actually. Yeah, and she just launched her latest. we made. Yeah, there's a second one, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, there's a second one now. Uh, they just launched the, the contestants tonight, so that's pretty exciting. Four rivers in it. for her. But yeah, it should be good. If you want to follow along, she's at the Awesome Orange. They're going to be doing lives and stuff for it. Oh, yeah? That'd be pretty cool. There looks to be some pretty good competition this year, though. There was last time, so it's interesting. It's going to be fun to see what they make. Is it's all one brief, you know? You have to make one thing. Well, everyone makes the same thing. Like, we all had to make candle holders. So they gave us three bears. We had to make candle holders. That's so interesting to see what everyone comes up with. Anyway, that's Sabretooth, our latest sponsor. WH is the promo <laughs> code. 10% off.
1: Thank you, Sabretooth.
2: So what's your next project,
1: Chad? Uh, My next project is... And I hope it's done by the time this recording comes out. Uh... Well, you know, we talked about somebody who thought my price was too high last week. Yeah. Well, that same guy came back and he was like, hey, I can't do that project, but I do need this and I need it quickly. And before we got into design or anything, I just said, hey, here's the price for that. Do you want it or not? He said, yes. So making some things for him. Did you give uh, him the expedited price? uh, I probably could have gone up more and I should have but he did ask for these a few months ago. So I just thought after our last conversation, it wasn't going to happen. But then he texted me and I was like, Oh God, really? No, not really. I should have asked for more. is what I'm saying. Um, Just some more signs, but I'm excited because these signs are going to give me a reason to use big blue because we're going much bigger than what my little red CO2 laser can do. It's so funny that I'm calling my red laser little at this point, but yeah, big blue is going to get his debut engraving on some pallet boards, just doing a big logo, and I'll get to test out that speed and see if it really is uh, five times as fast as the red and black. So I'm mainly excited just to test out a new tool, see how it goes.
0: That'd be interesting to see.
1: Absolutely, I want to see how fast it can do it. Yeah, I'm trying to document it as well because I need to get some videos out on Big Blue. I'm surprised the owner of the company hasn't been emailing me like, "Uh, are you still there?" because I've been so pulled away by the shed build and getting all that stuff prepared. Um, But I'm thinking I'm going to do a few videos for it and maybe just get out some like five minute, like setting up a CO2 laser in five minutes, something quick and simple like that. Because you can't find that on YouTube right now. If you go searching for how to set up a CO2 laser, you find like 20 minute videos. And I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but nobody wants to watch a 20 minute video on setting something up when they're sitting in the shop trying to set it up. Maybe. Fax, I mean, if
2: they walk through
1: step-by-step, step, that may be the way to go. I,
2: I think I mm. can get
1: it all in in five minutes, honestly. Like, think about when you're working on a car, like fixing something on a car. Do you want to watch the guy sit there and talk to you about all the nitty-gritty parts of it? Or do you want to just see what bolts come out and what goes in, what comes out? Have you guys looked up a recipe lately? Yes.
2: Online? What mm-hmm. is this new fad that I got to read your life story Before I can get to the recipe,
1: (laughs) (laughs) no, I know what you're talking about. Like if you Google a recipe, you think it's going to be a video, but it's a blog. It's a blog. What? And then you can't even find the recipe. Or you got to scroll all the way down to the
2: bottom, and then you probably passed it because then you're on to their kids' life story. Like you got (laughs) to go through. Oh, so it was a misty day and blah blah. I don't care about any of that. Give me the recipe. Give me the ingredients. Give me the time to cook it. Let me cook. I don't get it. But that said, the reason why I bring that up is is if it takes 20 minutes to give the meat of the the story then it takes 20 minutes. If you think you can get the whole thing done in 5 minutes then yeah, do it in 5 minutes. I
1: think I can. I think I can. I don't want I, any,
2: I don't want any like if I'm going to go watch a video and it's only 5 minutes and it should have been 20, I'm going to be upset. <laughs> but if it's 20 minutes and it should have been 5, I'm going to be upset.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm interested to hear Tony's opinion on videos like that, because we got to remember Keith watches everything on triple speed. So a five minute video probably (laughs) would be too fast for him. Well, YouTube only lets me go to two times speed. Okay. So
2: if I could speed it up. Oh, you know what I found out? If I watch Netflix on my phone, I could do it at one and a half times speed.
1: What the heck? (laughs) Keith, it's called Netflix and chill, not Netflix and get it all in. I thought you were going to say something else. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: man.
2: It's a clean podcast, uh, Chad. Yeah. The, uh, but yeah, it's nice to be able to watch it at one and a half times speed. That's how I watched that um, uh, Metal Masters. I watched it on my phone at one and a half times speed or on my computer. Yeah, all right. Well,
1: awesome. Tony, what do you think? Do you like the, the jib-jab videos or do you like facts, points, getting over with? What do you want I'm
0: a pretty direct person. <laughs> if Thank you haven't, you. If I'm you glad haven't me and gathered. Tony finally agree on something. Um, I think I'll of totally
2: us yeah. on it. Whatever. But
0: there are times I've seen I I think a lot of times that as long as they cut out like I don't want to see them planting flowers after they do something like you know what I mean? I, I if they keep to the meat and potatoes of it, that to me that's that's fine. And five minutes, twenty minutes, I've got my attention span's not that bad if it's something that I'm really interested in doing like there's a there's a few blacksmith videos out there that are longer that I can't think of right now, but they they still keep your attention well enough that and they they have a subject matter that I'm interested in that they they kind of keep you pulled in so and you learn from them.
2: I don't mind the B roll stuff if it's all interesting, you know. If you keep it interesting across the whole board, it's all right with me.
1: Yeah, I think it depends on the actual content and what you're looking uh, looking for. Like again, I think it's if I'm looking for a how-to video or something like that, I think that's where like the B-roll doesn't fit. But if it's like a check out this project that I'm making or see this renovation that I'm doing in my house, something more story-driven, I think like a longer format video with kind of the frills or the artistic touches at that point, I think makes sense. And I I actually enjoy that kind of stuff because that's like uh, it's a bad habit that I will watch YouTube to help myself fall asleep. gets my mind off of like business and everything else that I can't stop thinking about. So videos like that help me in that way for sure.
0: Yeah. For me, like the videos. So I guess I was like something with blacksmithing. Like if somebody's doing a video and every transition from the forge to the anvil, they're dropping tongs or tools are going everywhere. So they keep that in there. Even if, even if it's, somewhat comedy i still like that that loses me pretty quick
2: it's funny I'd rather once. it's funny once. yeah so it's like the family know. guy knee thing
0: yeah it's <laughs> like the well oh, there's a there's a joke that a lot of guys will say they'll say it's drop forged if they you know the, they're working on something that falls of the tongs and falls on the floor they call it drop forged <laughs>
1: I gotta, yeah, I gotta learn all these forging a, jokes so I can. It's not be, that good a joke. <laughs> Hilarious! I, no, no. I want to fit in with all the blacksmith at the makers that's, camp. So teach me all the jokes. Give me all the jokes. Oh. <laughs> be Is anyone up for some team striking? Team striking over here! Come on, grab a hammer. Yes. <laughs> Easy,
2: <laughs> Chad. You're gonna get escorted right out of the tent. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's gonna be you guys pushing me out. Get out yeah. of here, Chad. You stay in the shop-bought tent. I'll stay in the coal iron forge tent. <laughs> uh, all right. I, I think um, ex- you'll probably find me over at the uh, the timber framing and the uh, Alaskan sawmill. The, oh, gosh, what's Grandberg? Is that the company? Yeah. I think they're all going to be out there. That's very pertinent to me at, right now, so I want to go learn as to much really as I can. You really make a knife over there in a Granberg tent. Oh, jeez. Are you talking about? Yeah.
2: You keep I saying actually, you want to make a knife. You're not going to make one of. No,
1: I'm talking about all the lumber on my property right now. All these I oak know, trees. I know. You know all know.
2: the all the oak trees. You're never going to mill. Yeah,
0: you oh, might. you know what he should do? What he should do? Make his own axe so he could hand-hew those logs. I I actually <laughs> <laughs> I don't even
1: know what this tool is called, but the one that used for splitting.
0: that yeah, folks. You can see the smoke. Like oh, curling. that thing? Yeah. You can see the smoke curling out of his ears there. He's he's uh-huh. thinking about it pretty
1: hard. You know, I have one of those cheap Walmart splitting axes, like the sledge sledgehammer, like super heavy one. I broke it. I probably it, hit it on the handle or something. Is that uh, the, the one gone? that looks
2: like an axe with the little lever on the inside? Uh,
1: it yeah. looks like
0: a sledgehammer with a. Yeah, that's called a maul.
1: Yeah, I have a maul. And I broke the maul. The handle is gone because it was plastic, but I still have the metal part. So. I think it would be cool to make a new handle, but my goodness, what material can I make that's going to be able to handle that kind of force? Do I need like hickory or ash? Ash, probably. Or aluminum? Should I make an aluminum?
0: Well, there's a couple. I would uh, would bring your
1: hands, wouldn't it?
2: Making that out of aluminum?
1: Oh, don't do that. (laughs) That's the worst thing you could do. Sounds like it would get the axe nerds talking about it. Maybe there's a video in
0: there somewhere. Yeah. You got the King of Axe Nerds coming so he might he might be able to help you out with a handle. Is that Who's that? Who's the King of Axe Nerds? Uh Vintage Axe Works.
1: Okay. Actually,
0: he's not a he's not a nerd. He always he's always angry at the nerds. He doesn't <laughs> like them.
1: <laughs> there you go. But, so maybe I maybe I should bring that
2: up. He's funny though. I I like those two together on their podcast. Oh yeah. Him and Chris. What's Vintage Works' name?
0: Uh Roy Scott.
2: Roy. I always want to say Rob.
0: Yeah, Roy. Roy
1: they're a pretty good pair. How is your um camel no buffalo drill press coming along that you're getting restored, Keith? Are you gonna see that this I weekend? have no idea, but I looked it down at my phone earlier because it lit
2: up and uh Lucas tagged me in a story. I don't know if <laughs> if it's my
1: drill press or not, but I'll check that later. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I was looking I at some seen pictures some, of that earlier and man, that green that you had him put on there is so cool looking. It looks well, That's amazing. the green
2: I use on all my tools. The table saw I just sold over the summer, that was all that green. I have a couple of vices. I got a couple of hand planes that I restored and painted that green. I have a, um, a combo square. I got a bunch of tools that green. I paint everything. Get- oh, my band saws painted in that green. It sounds like you need a name for this green. Have you named it? Yeah, it's Blackthorn Green. Now, it's... uh, <laughs> yeah. So, I used to have a truck that was painted in a different color green, but it was close to this green. And they don't make that... Like, the company that made that doesn't make that shade anymore. And that was GM 035. Uh, green Metallic 035. That is the most exciting name I've ever heard. You need to rename it right now. <laughs> yeah. And it was on my truck, which we used to call the Green Monster. Oh, there you uh, go. But I switched this. The new green I'm using is uh, it's the Mojito green that's on the Jeeps from like 2019. You've seen them, the bright green Jeeps. So mm-hmm. I guess you call it Mojito, but you know I'll just classify it as my own and make it Blackhorn Green and call it a day.
0: Yeah, no, smart. It, feel, brand it feels like, like a vintage color, like it feels like an older, more classic color to me.
2: Oh, well, it's very vibrant.
0: Yeah.
1: But. That's going to look really neat on that drill press. Should. I'm excited to see the finished product on that. Uh, me, like, me I too. know the deadline could have moved, but are you supposed to see that at the maker's camp? Is that where pickup was supposed to happen? That's where
2: pickup's going to happen. Lucas said You're it's... Going right. to? I think he said it's done. I told him if it's not done, it's still happening. So bring the parts. <laughs> oh, okay. Because <laughs> I'm not driving yeah. up to Massachusetts for this thing.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I've seen some... Uh, some hints of it sitting on his uh, on his on his workbench and stuff. So oh, I, think I watch, I, I watch. I think every, it's done.
2: I watch every one of his stories with a Hawkeye to catch that back part.
0: Well, actually, he had one that was had it blanked out. What's that? He had one that had it blanked out,
1: so that it was like oh, pixelated or something. Yeah, yeah. So, Probably yeah. dropped it and broke the casting.
2: The casting did have a
1: break in it. Ooh. Uh,
2: he told me that after I bought it, uh, but it's a non, it's a non-issue. It's not on a structural part. No, I think it's on the base or something. He showed it to me. I was like, hey, whatever. You know? Okay. Uh, but it's just a baby Buffalo. I'm excited to see it. I hope that's, it's done.
0: <laughs> so that's a variable speed, like four or five speeds or what,
2: what is it? Uh, it's got a couple speeds on the top. You have to move the belt manually, but uh, okay. I think it's a four speed. I don't know. Okay. I, I normally, uh, I set it at the wood speed and I just leave it. I don't change it regardless of the size bit I put on my drill press now. So maybe that's yeah. the, maybe that's the problem of why I hate mine, but it's also a junk one to begin with. Yeah, yeah I need a new drill press.
1: If there's ever a time for a tip, I'm always going to throw it in there because that's the teacher in me. But uh, for any of our listeners that don't know, like wood speed, you can go fast. Like go ahead, bump it up full speed. For metal, you want to slow it down so it doesn't overheat. So it doesn't overheat the bit. Um, just for anyone that doesn't know that,
0: it just, I see. It depends on your bit size, though. That's, the small, the smaller the bit, the faster you want to go, and the bigger the bit, the slower.
1: Yeah, because you don't want to kill yourself either. <laughs> like if you yeah. had like a two-inch Forstner bit, you probably don't want that at full speed because as soon as that breaks through the other side, if it's not clamped in, it's gonna break something, probably including your wrist. But uh, yeah. yeah, I just, I remember when I was a teacher, there was like the contractors that would come into the school and do work. And there was this guy, bless his heart. He was running his drill at full speed, trying to get through some metal. And you could tell that he just completely dulled the bit. And I just wanted to go over there and be like, dude, more pressure, slow down, put a new bit in, try again. But yeah, anywho. Keith, what do you got going over there? What what are you showing us? Is there anything important for the podcast? Or are you just playing on your phone when you should be a part of the pod?
2: Yeah, I didn't listen to a word you said.
1: Ah, That's okay. (laughs) You probably would have just disagreed anyways. (laughs)
2: Probably. But the reason being is I went to check that that tag from Lucas, and it's my drill press in the background.
1: Oh, is it finished?
2: It's in the process of being finished right now. Dre is actually putting some finishing touches on there
1: nice that looks pretty good That's exciting. It does look pretty good well this would be a good time to thank all of our patrons on patreon uh for anyone that um, is new to the podcast patreon is just a place where you can sign up and do a little bit of support to what we're doing here if you like what we're doing or if you want to just say a little bit more than a thank you um just giving a little bit of monetary towards the podcast is is something that Um, would be nice. Uh, I know we've been printing out t-shirts and stickers. We've been making some things for the camp and I know we're in the red at this point, even with uh, the the supporters we have at this point, but every little (laughs) bit helps and and we do appreciate it. I know we had a conversation earlier and we said, you know, anything we make on Patreon um, or even through our um, supporters like Sabretooth, we want to put that back into the podcast. We don't want to take anything from it. Um, to our own pockets we want to continue growing the podcast um whether it's promotional or whatever or even sending something to our our patrons at some point so uh yeah there's that tony who do we have on there
0: all right so for our shout outs for our top level supporters we have uh lillian archer photography nb wood finery and david beckwith makes those are our three top supporters
2: Thank you, guys. Thanks to all the patrons. Yeah, thank you. Really thank appreciate. you very much. And if you don't want to support us monetarily, you can always just share the show with a friend. That goes a long way. And leave a review on Apple or any other podcatcher that allows you to leave a review. But Only Apple. Is it only Apple? So It's if, only Apple. If it's only Apple, you can always get an iTunes account. Just go in and leave a review, even if you're an Android user. Tony, Chad, you can go in and leave a review, even if you're an android user apple is the devil
1: i keep trying to do it on my <laughs> computer but it never works i think you have to do it on uh like an ipad or negative an iphone you're right what do you mean you can do you it on the computer it. absolutely uh i think you can do it on a mac i have nope. pcs
2: nope nope i looked it up from my work really? computer the other day so you're wrong
1: all right i'll try again but <laughs> can't find where it says leave a review <laughs> you're wrong chad you're wrong, wrong. wrong. <laughs>
0: Surprise. Oh, just
1: telling you, it works. I don't want to send our listeners on a wild goose chase. So let me figure it out. If you guys hear a review from me, then you know it's possible
0: for well, me. Tell a friend. Yes, word of mouth is great.
1: <laughs> so we are releasing this episode on Saturday while we are at Maker's Camp. Um, it's a little bit funny to do that, but we also wanted to do a bonus episode that we will be releasing probably on Sunday or Monday for. Um, just kind of our experience at the Makers Camp, we're going to get together in a room. We're bringing our, our gear and everything just so we can kind of talk about how it's going. And um, so be sure to check back on your podcast players on Sunday or Monday, and you should be able to hear an extra special bonus episode for all of you listeners out there. We're going to record live together. It's weird. I'm sure Keith will make me stay at least six feet away, though.
2: Oh, at least. At least <laughs> not we're yeah. not gonna be in a room. We're gonna be outside. So I am gonna I'm gonna apologize for the extra noise already. That's my bad. <laughs> but if you wanna find us anywhere you can uh you can find Chad at Chad's Custom Creations, you can find Tony at Woodland Iron, you can find myself at blacklorn Concepts, you can find the Collective Three on Instagram at Working Hands Podcast, or you can email us at working hands podcast at gmail dot com. Don't forget to rate and review the show and share it with a friend. With that, we'll talk to you guys Tuesday, Monday, soon. We'll talk to you guys soon. Au revoir. Later.